We. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Can I get an amen? That's all we just gotta be saying. It's a stab. Yes, Lord. Just like the white zombie episode, we just kept saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming yeah, up again. Lord. Um, God damn it. Yeah, we are. We've been rolling. And All right. Sailing. We are back for What You Spinning, episode 24. I'm Dorian, joined by Matt in the red hat and Jake in the black hat. I don't know. I had to make that. had to do the continuity there. You're wearing a black hat, too, though. So. I am. That's why I was like, fuck, I can't exactly. We're both you know, Jake. Yeah, we're both Jake. I don't like this. <laughs> I just lost, lost a lot right there. Who are you? Gotta <laughs> change my hat. I'm not wearing a hat now. <laughs> you don't want to be. You don't want to be Dorian by no. proxy. That makes sense. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing good. I feel like it's been a while since we hung out. I it missed you guys. I missed y'all. It has yeah. It's been a week. Yeah, it's, had to take a week off, unfortunately, but we're back. Let me tell you, I did not want to be doing what I was doing last weekend. Anyways. <laughs> I missed it, but it gave me more time to... To really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. I drove to and from Corvallis three different times last week, so I, I got real familiar with these fucking albums. Um, yes, Loud. Well, yeah, let, Yes, Loud. Let's dive right into it. What do you got for us, man? Yeah, so this week, uh, a collaborative album with two artists, um... It's no worries. Um, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes, Lord. That's, the album. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, no worries. Yes, Lord. It's- pronounce it both juries ways. i think the jury's still I always out. pronounce it both ways and he's been in interviews and i don't think it, like i don't think he gives a fuck how you pronounce it honestly yeah. or else we would know yeah <laughs> there's only one Pac. yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and yeah. he's two Fair enough. yeah <laughs> but yeah uh anderson pack and uh knowledge uh producer and an artist uh and then also anderson pack he's also a musician he's a vocalist mainly but mm-hmm. he does a bunch of other stuff um, yeah, this collab happened in 2016. Um, it was a follow-up to um, Anderson's, let's call him Andy. Andy, it was a follow-up to his Malibu album at the beginning of the year. That's right. So it was a crazy, insane follow-up, and this is one of my favorite um, collabs that he's had. Yeah. But um, but yeah, what are, what are y'all thoughts on it? It's a whole lot to dive into. This was my introduction to Andy. Ooh. Actually, that's a good. It was a fantastic fucking Whoa. introduction for me. This was uh, my homeboy Alex. Shout out. Uh, he's Alex knows what's good. Yeah, he's he's big into Andy, and uh, he showed this to me when it came out. Like literally that, that like same week or something. He was like, "Listen to this," and I bumped it for like a year and a half, dude. Like, yeah, it was. Transformer over there. Yeah, Optimus, <laughs> Optimus refrigerator about to come out and <laughs> snap my neck. Optimus Primo. Yeah, Optimus Primo. <laughs> uh, but no, this was my introduction to him, and uh, like you said, Jake, it was a fantastic introduction. Uh, the production on it, the the lyricism, uh, just the whole general feel for the album. It's yeah. probably out of all the albums that came out in 2016 save for Malibu probably one of the more complete while also being very much uh, very unique sounding at mm-hmm. the time because that was kind of the rise of you know Migos future mumble yeah. rap was very prominent in that time and for something like this to come out and I feel like it's kind of a like not a lot of people know about it which is 
incredible to me because yeah. it's especially because of what what Anderson's doing now. Yeah, you know, exactly. like Silk Sonic with Bruno Mars and shit. Like he's mm-hmm. he's now reached that like almost upper echelon of like musicians like and superstardom and exactly. Yeah. And people just like glance over this because it's not a solo project or whatever. Uh, but if you're if you're one of those people and you're listening, uh, go fuck yourself because yeah. <laughs> and and like change change your shit because this is yeah. great. Uh, quit sleeping on this. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it though. Uh, what about you, Matt? What do you got? I liked it. Is is the No Worries? Is that, is that like a band? It's him. It's, it's like just a, that's when they both come together. Yeah, but that's, it's not like a separate band. No. Uh, okay. It's, it's just him, uh, Knowledge, the producer. Uh-huh. That's him, and then uh, Anderson Park, and then okay. when they're together, they yeah. no worries. Because it had like a soulful kind of big band vibe to it. A lot of it, mm-hmm. I felt like the sampling was pretty unique too. It threw yes. back a lot of '80s sounds in there. Even yeah, a Rick and really Morty cool. sample. Really? I yeah. Didn't notice that. I didn't pick up on that. On Can't Stop. Oh, okay. On Can't Stop. Really? At the end of it, he's like, "Get all your shit together." That's from like the. Uh, that's from oh, like the. Yeah. That's from like Get the second. Yeah. yeah, it's oh, like the second shit. or third episode of Rick and Morty, and I was just getting into that show at the Damn. same time, and I was like, "Oh, this is easily the best album of the year." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, These I didn't notice are... that." Holy shit, that's a good catch. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of the beats and the bass lines were just very throwback for me. Like yeah, eighties yeah. vibes and some of like it felt like I was watching the Love Boat a little bit with some of the yeah. the music that was in there in a good way, not a bad way at all. So I right. appreciated that part. Yeah, the the sampling is very, very prominent, and you could hear so many songs. Mm-hmm. Almost all the songs on it are sampled off of something. Yeah. Um, Speaking of sampling, there's a, money, a song called Sca- uh, "Scared Money." Mm-hmm. That that line has been said by so many different people mm-hmm. it was said by a college coach uh, Saul Williams has a song called Scared Money where he says Scared Money Don't Make None yeah. I think YG had a song called Scared Money as well Jeez. Um, so I don't know if they're like just, you know building off of that because he said Scared Money Don't Make Money mm-hmm. you know Saul Williams line's a little different but it's just kind of cool to see how everybody else is using that line throughout the years yeah dang that's kind of that's, that's what's cool. really nice about you know uh to touch on that you just brought up a fucking excellent point uh it's like when we talked about testing by asap rocky and we brought up how he used uh kind of refurbished outcast lyrics Mm -hmm. on uh changes you know he was talking about you know all that stuff and it's one of the more beautiful things about rap music as a whole if you've listened to it for either a a long ass time or Mm -hmm. b if you appreciate you know the classics per se and then you listen to newer shit, you can kind of see the transformation of one beats because production has become fucking insane mm-hmm. in the past decade, but also kind of the recycling of rap lyrics and how people will kind of put their own twist on it. Like with scared money. I didn't catch that at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the lyrical content too. Mm-hmm. A lot. It's a, I feel like it's a very funny album. Yeah. Um, but it's also has like very romantic, lyrics to it yeah at some points raunchy yeah it's like this is a raunchy ass song why am i about to cry though and it's yeah. just the music behind it makes it feel like that mm-hmm. and like the beats paired with it and the sampling um like i was listening to it and i was realizing like now more than ever i was like oh shit that's uh that's in summertime by ronnie mcnair and then there's another song on there that samples like like five other artists on it like yeah every song has a sample on it mm-hmm. yeah um and it's what's really unique about it because you'll hear you'll hear like the original mm-hmm. and then you tie it all in together and you're like oh, okay he sampled this and mm-hmm. like oh he sampled this and then he just added a, a beat layer over this and then like all these stuff that you catch onto it and it kind of really emphasizes uh, knowledge as a producer because he's kind of yeah. he is really kind of under the radar for a producer and i feel like hasn't he been doing this for decades yeah, yeah. he's been in the game oh forever. God, forever and he's and he's still forever and ever uh yeah. <laughs> we will be here and, and i feel like this was kind of like the last blip on the knowledge radar like i feel like i haven't heard a whole that lot big, since yeah. this yeah that was really you know like a monumental project but he's so damn good yeah, he does so many stuff. I like I'm subscribed to his Bandcamp, mm-hmm. and he'll drop projects like every other month. Jesus, like Christ. his catalog and his discography is insane. Like it's he just has so dense as fuck. Many beats, yeah. And this is probably his biggest like thing that he did because it was a bigger collab with mm-hmm. uh, with Anderson Pack. And yeah, it's crazy just seeing his 
growth and like the layering not mm-hmm. only of the producer but Andy yeah like from him going from this to then you know his solo stuff and now with Bruno Mars with Silk Sonic and yeah. that's like he is like it at at his peak right now like he is in his prime exactly and it's kind of it's one of those things that's awesome about that just fucking kills me about Andy is that he is such a multi-instrumentalist like he played drums at the Super Bowl halftime show when yeah. fucking Dr. Dre and Snoop and all those guys were out I was like that's fucking I was like what the hell is going on here I was like that's like yeah, and it was one of those things that like if you you had to be watching it because it only he only popped on screen for like ten seconds, mm-hmm. and you can tell like after that I went back and listened to this. Uh, also, fuck you because I was I've been meaning to get this album forever and I was mm-hmm. gonna try to bring it up before you. Congrats, you beat me to the punch. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's so you can tell that he had probably such a hand in also the production side of it because yeah. it all sounds like like this could have just been a solo Andy project and you could have fooled me with it you know what I mean because of how instrument focused and based he is mm-hmm. yeah and some of it you hear like a violin and then in other ones you hear really guitar heavy mm-hmm. um, and the bass like the bass you hear a lot of in a, a Khadija Yes. Um, and then same thing with the guitar on that song. Um, that's what I really love about all of it. It's very like sample heavy, but mm-hmm. there's also you hear that beat. And yeah. You hear the beat and you hear mm-hmm. the drum machine that knowledge is using. Um, and yeah, man, this is one of definitely my favorite collaborations like in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that producer and music like and a vocalist collab that we've been seeing a lot mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite ones because it really did like pave the way for that and this is came out in 20, 2016 when yeah all this trap music mm-hmm. and you know very that Atlanta vibe was very heavy in the, yeah. in the industry at the time so yes for this to come out it's like very different um, it's kind of like a breath, breath of fresh air too because it's like very R&B mm-hmm. and it's like soulful at points it is kind of place in that like hip hop you could say because of the beats I feel like yeah and and he does do some like there's some rapping yeah there's some there's some like yeah. runs where he'll kind of rap like half a verse or whatever but it is you, you bring up an, an excellent point it is such a throwback at the same time to think about the time that it came out mm-hmm. and for the the reminiscence that it brings people mm-hmm. as you listen to this you're like this is like these like if if he was around when Funkadelic was huge, he could have been an opener kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he could have toured with those motherfuckers. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it is such, like, a, like, and I don't, I, it just fucking floors me that more people don't know about this album. It, like, yeah. actually screws with me. Yeah, if you look at, like, Anderson's discography, like, all his albums that he's done, this gets overshadowed, overshadowed by Malibu because it came out in a year span of each other. I think Malibu came out in January and this came out in October. Yeah. Or like so, December. Yeah, so, so not even a year later. That's yeah. unreal. And that's crazy yeah. that he, you know, that he did this. Um, but yeah, a lot of the lyrical content on it is, you know, real soulful. A lot of it's really funny. Um, I had lyrics on it. One of my, like, favorite songs, it's not necessarily, like, in my top three or whatever you want to call it, uh, but Fuck You. Yes. song. Yes. It's just so funny. Um, like what he's saying. He's like, this whole time he's rapping about like, you know, how he loves this person. It's like, I love you. But mm-hmm. it's like, so he's also saying like, fuck you. Like, yeah. I hope you're, you know, I hope your your house gets caught on fire by like piss or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like, some like really dumb stuff. Um, All haphazardly. And it's highly flammable. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's like, I hope somebody comes in your house and pisses all over everything, and haphazardly, their piss is very flammable, and they light that bitch up, and your house burns to the fucking ground. And then it's like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> like, this whole time, like, yeah, stuff like that, it's like, it shows, like, the personal personality that he has. He's, like, very mm-hmm. playful, but it's, like, not serious, but at the same time, it's, like, it's funny. Yeah. Know? And to piggyback off of that, another great a lyric that has stuck with me since the fucking first time I heard it is, in my off of my, in my opinion, probably the best song by a long shot off of it, "Suede." Mm-hmm. That might be the best song on this album, in my opinion. But yeah. 
and it has that very soulful but that's probably like the more the most like hip-hop oriented kind of song on it and it's the lyric where he says and all my chicks cook grits and then it pauses and he's like and roll the split at the same damn time like the first time i heard that i was like oh jesus christ like and he just has that like it is you know kind of there are a lot of lyrics on this that make you laugh but also at the same time it's the delivery behind it Mm -hmm. and the whole music aspect to it you're like damn he's like saying some crazy shit over the soulful ass beat (laughs) yeah it's crazy man the the in the inside of this too because it's a gatefold mm-hmm. um pretty cool it has both of them on it oh that's cool oh shit Very nice. so it's like um you know knowledge with anderson pack and they're like just chilling and that's fucking sweet and stuff um but yeah man that's a lot of the songs on this i've come to love and listen to like very often um a lot of them it's you could just see, you could just hear their creativity, like how they're bouncing off of each other. Like he'll yeah. give him beats, and like Anderson will just capitalize on it. Um, some of my favorite songs: uh, "Get Bigger," yes, um, and "Do You Love?" Because "Get Bigger," that the lyrics on that, it's kind of yeah. He's kind of just he's rapping about like you know how he was growing up, mm-hmm. and like. I have lyrics for it, but he was like, he's like growing, he has to grow up quickly, you know, like, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, you know, he was like 17, I think he's rapping about, he was, he was 17 at the time, here, let me just pull it up, I left home at 17, had to lighten the load, I was young, but I was keen to survive on my own, and then he just kind of keeps going about, like, you know, he's young, he's like having to learn stuff, he's like bouncing back and forth, should I keep my job, should I pursue my dream, and then he just says, he's like, and I quit, and he just keeps going, and he like, you know, he's like, kind of telling the story of where he's at and then how he kind of grew up and got bigger Mm -hmm. you know and then same thing it cuts to that second song do you love that freaking samples ronnie mcnair Mm -hmm. in summertime dude i fucking love that song um and that song's such a classic and the fact that you could hear it in that second part it's so good um but yeah a lot of the songs on this they're really good um the drums on khadija Mm. love the drums on that song um but yeah man it's definitely one of my more favorite albums that i've come to love from anderson pock yeah i agree do you guys have uh top threes oh absolutely it wouldn't be it wouldn't be what you're spinning without top threes am i right uh so honorable mention for me was get bigger just because you were just talking about that okay that was an honorable mention for me uh number three best one uh, just okay. love that one, and and it's like like wings in the best one. I almost just did both of them because wings is like kind of short, you know, and they kind of do flow very very beautifully together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two is Cutlass. Nice. I have always loved that love song. Cutlass, yeah, <laughs> just that like nice ass little piano mm-hmm. over it yeah, and everything cool. oh it's just so good and the number one is suede and nothing will ever change that like that shit is just too yeah good. smooth as motherfucking smooth suede on the inside suede on the inside yeah and just that that fucking all my chicks cook grits line yeah. is just too that's good that's a great line <laughs> it's just too clean <laughs> you can't not like vibe to it and like bop your head to it I've been listening to this album for almost seven years and I still stink Every face time, when I hear yeah. that line like I'm yeah. just like Mm, yes. <laughs> what about you, boss? I like Cutlass too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Top nice. track for sure. Can't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, scared money just because of all the different um, influences there from people using that lyric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Han was my honorable yes. mention. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Cool. I love that. That's because yeah that that song is hilarious. <laughs> it's fucking it sweet. It's hilarious. Of just the abbreviation for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to bring up also another sample. Uh, uh, the notations on uh, what more can I say mm-hmm. that's also a classic song um, sampling dude it's so crazy um, favorite for sure Suede you can't not like that song yeah um, Get Bigger that's probably my second favorite um, and then third I always switch back and forth um, from Like This mm-hmm. and uh, Khadija yeah um, great picks but yeah it's I will never not stop loving this album. It's one of my favorites. Um, so, 
glad I could bring it up. Yeah. I, I, I knew you too. were going to bring it up too if I didn't. So Yeah. That was another one that was kind of like a race to the punch because that was, you and I have talked at length about this yeah. album. Uh, but anyways, that was Yes Loud. By, yes Loud. <laughs> by uh, No Worries. We will be back to dive into mine. Well, it's my turn. And for this week, I brought up an album that's near and dear to me. Uh, August and Everything After by Counting Crows. So when you come home, sweet angel, leave me Their debut album. I meant to look up what year it came out during the break, and I forgot. Same uh, year as my album, which We're gonna wait and mention my album later. Nineteen ninety-three. Nineteen ninety-three. I thought it was ninety-two or ninety-three. I couldn't remember, but nineteen ninety-three. Their debut album. Um, their best piece of work, honestly. Um, they have some other like good songs, but as a full-bodied like album, this is probably uh, the best thing that they ever did. Uh, I agree. 100%. But uh, I could I have a lot to say about it. But what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I had heard songs off of this, mm-hmm. but I had not heard of this band mm-hmm. or this album. And now when I was hearing it back, uh, Mr. Jones, I was like, okay, so they did this song. Yes, because this song was everywhere. Oh yeah, this song was everywhere, and I didn't realize it was on this album. Yeah, um, and this album was pretty good. <laughs> uh, a lot of the songs on it they kind of have that same you know the same lyrical content um and the same like style that they're playing in as a mm-hmm. band yeah um and it was good i think it flowed really well um i haven't heard their other albums but this was a really great starter mm-hmm. especially it being their debut um, it was their debut right yeah okay yeah but yeah it was, it was great i liked it what about you mate holy crap yeah, this is a good pick. Yeah, for 1993, this is a an album that kind of you know brought in a new genre. Like Dave Matthews was just getting popular. Counting yeah. Crows, like not that that that's a comparison at all, but like Counting Crows is very acoustic driven and very mm-hmm. like uh, lyrical driven. And this song was like number ten on the charts when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Durwitz, the lead singer, is very eclectic and very. Um, He's very specific about what he writes about and his, his lyrical structure, which I appreciate because he's speaking from the heart, you mm-hmm. know, and that's really cool. Um, numerous record companies approached him before this album came out and said, hey, we want to produce you. You guys are really good. And they wanted a creative control. They wanted to be able to control the album and write about what they wanted to write about. Yeah. And so they didn't take the offer with the biggest money. They mm-hmm. wanted the control, and Geffen is the one yeah. that offered them that. So they yeah. were able to take that on, which is cool because if you can sign a contract for making albums and be able to like control what you want to do and not like listen to the record companies that's really cool that's rare Mm. especially in 1993 i feel like a lot of record companies were really big capital geffen obviously yeah so being able to like make your own path and write the songs you wanted to write for each album was really cool and kind of lost back in that era yeah and it's it's a very emotional album and it's very, very fucking introspective. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he's, uh, like on like on Round Here, the first song off the album, right? Mm-hmm. He's talking about that girl, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a girl in a parking lot. But you, you listen to that song enough, and you're like, this could, like, there were, in that song in particular has always, has always stuck with me. Because that opening guitar riff is super fucking clean. Um, it's a great opening track for an album exactly and the lyrical content even though he's you know telling a story about a girl you know can't you see my walls are crumbling like there's lyrical content in it that makes you think this isn't about what it's seemingly quote unquote about at face value like this is very introspective dealing with fucking depression and feelings of loneliness and everything and it Mm -hmm. 
and it really strikes a chord with people and that's why this was so massive when it came out was because it it pandered to a lot of people you know and in like the best way possible you know because it was kind of a breath of fresh air you know like this album is like everything dave matthews did but like 80 times better you know because they kind of were like i know you didn't want to make the comparison but it's a very valid comparison to make you know because they are both very heavily acoustic driven but there's just a lot of bands that came out in that that era like hootie and the blowfish yes dave matthews band like that not the similar vibe but the same like musical structure Sure. Right. And unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, I guess unfortunately for them, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that they put this album out and that I discovered it. Uh, but this was easily like the best thing that they ever did, mm-hmm. you know, like I said. And I, unfortunately for them, but, you know, fortunately for us, we got at least this mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah, because it, I mean, it did get a lot of like attention. Didn't it get a Grammy or it won a Grammy? It did. Yeah. 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 I think it was like what, like best I think it was like a best song or best alternative yeah, I think Mr. album. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones yeah, or something like that. Something. Yeah. And and it's one of those albums that at least for me because I've been listening to it for so long, every time I listen to it, another song will like catch my ear again and I'll be like, "Oh, I forgot. I forgot fucking Omaha is such a great track, yeah. you know, like when I when I was calling you trying to get you to like I was trying to fuck with you while I was shaving my head. I would just put this album on and I was just singing every song just fucking yeah, Omaha <laughs> yeah. about this album is like I just know some of the bangers like Mr. Jones and mm-hmm. around here like Perfect Blue Buildings and time and time again these are all great songs I've never heard until yes. this week and I'm just like what the hell like, yeah. this is a great album that gets overlooked and overshadowed by other bands that came yeah. out at that time but you know just great songwriting and just a great structure for the whole album it's all the album book flows all the way yeah there's no different songs they're all the same kind of vibe yeah which i like which which feeds into the one thing i've brought up multiple times on here is i love when a band or an artist knows exactly what the hell they're doing when they're putting a track list together for an album and they're like all right whether it's like tool or mad villainy where it's like the the songs kind of have to flow together or if it's something like this where it's not necessarily a concept album or there's not necessarily a theme Mm -hmm. But they managed to put all of this stuff in, you know, where you get around here a very sad, kind of slower song to start off the album, and then you get Mr. Jones, which is a banger, and then some more slow stuff, and then by the end of it, like, the second to last song on the album's fucking Rain King, so it picks that mm-hmm. energy right back up. Yep. Yeah, I like that song, Rain King. That's a good one. Um, another one that I did like, the, and the last song, uh, Murder of One. Oh, Murder of One is um, great. That was a really good song, too. Um, a lot of the... I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like a lot of the lyrical stuff that they're talking about, it's like kind of like love-based. Like yes. Some sort of like... Introspective. You know, like, yeah, sure. like they're like, you know, at a bar or whatever, mm-hmm. or there's this girl that he's thinking about, but he's like in denial. Mm-hmm. And it's like all this stuff that it's going on. But yeah, they, it has really great flow um, to it. Um, lyrically and musically, how it all kind of all ties back together every time mm-hmm. yeah um and all of the yeah all of the songs they are kind of similar and they all complement each other because they are you know the same like it's very consistent and you wonder if uh the lyrical content is based on some of the experiences that adam derwitz the lead singer had he worked at the viper room which is a bar in la that johnny depp owned at the time oh it was a very popular nightclub for bands like smashing pumpkins and radio just random bands you never knew who was going to play their live oh, shit and so he was a bartender there after this album came out. After? After. Holy fuck. He just wanted a normal job and probably wanted to be around other musicians and kind of just vibe with them. I think uh, Mark McGrath from, not that I'm going to bring him up for Sugar Ray, but he liked <laughs> Sugar Ray. I read an article. <laughs> I, read, yeah, yeah. I read an article about him, like when he first was getting started with Sugar Ray, going to that nightclub and seeing Adam and like talking to him and like getting to know him and being like, Dude, what are you doing here? You just released a great album. Mr. Jones is huge. What are you, he's like, I just want to be here. I want to talk to you guys. That uh, I did not know that. So he was there with uh, I think when River Phoenix overdosed and like oh, all that. Shit. He was all part of that. Like he was there working. So Jesus Christ, having I... musicians that are like you know not so like eclectic or you know arrogant that want to just be a part of everything and be in the in the midst with their fans and like with their other musicians is really cool. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, it's very down to earth. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Dang, that's crazy. I did not know that. I didn't either. I'm actually kind of... I got facts, baby. 
I'm actually yeah. kind of fucking floored right Matt's, now. Matt's a facts guy. He is. He'll like I'll think I have a good fact, and he's like, "Let me just fucking yeah. let me go. Oh, let me stand uh, up, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, that didn't happen. <laughs> actually, it was 1977. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, Brian Eno was in studio for this. <laughs> Fuck it, it's great. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's that's insane. Cause I, I mean, I didn't, I don't know too much of these guys, like personally. Like I haven't listened to like their if they have solo stuff or individually what they did. But that's crazy that it went like that. Like yeah. he was just. I just like, remember yeah, watching he, like something on the '90s in LA in the Viper Room, and Adam Derwitz is getting interviewed. I'm like, you were a bartender there? What the fuck? Especially yeah. after, after this, this came, album yeah, came out, exactly. Mark McGrath's like, "What are you doing, dude? You just, you just released a great album. What are you doing?" Yeah, like why aren't you fucking touring in Iceland right yeah, now? Yeah, you I know, I just want to hang out with you guys. That kind of says something though, because it kind of like breaks that barrier of like expectation where oh you do something big you should be doing big things mm-hmm. but it's like then you're bartending yeah you just want to be a normal person bar, you know, yeah you don't maybe maybe he didn't want yeah. the attention or who knows like you know, but that's true yeah dang that's 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 really cool yeah that's like actually that. incredible that's wild to think about um and there's there's certain things off this album you know like we we've talked we've talked a good amount about how like the lyrical content of it but the instrumentation behind everything is is really nice too whether there's like uh like i mentioned omaha like the beginning of that song with that nice really uh very nice uh organ mm-hmm. intro in the beginning of that yeah. and then it's, it, a, it's a specific organ too i forgot what it's called but yeah they brought that in but and there's and there's just like whether it's something like a little intro, you know, and that'll be cool or something else. But there'll be like little tiny, like five second flashes of something really fucking impressive, mm-hmm. like instrument instrumentation wise, like on round here, right before they kick in that second verse, the drums are just doing like a simple, like four on the floor beat. And then the drummer, for some reason, just does like a hi hat roll. And it's the sexiest thing on the whole album. Mm-hmm. Like he just goes like, and then kicks the beat back in and the second verse goes and it's like are we just not gonna fucking address what that was like that was fucking <laughs> clean. That up, yeah. like that was clean as hell like why like a great intro to a second verse mm-hmm. and yes. shit like that just happens on this album it's I like, like that I like that you catch that mm-hmm. that was a good catch yeah yeah it's like well because I was Yes, you at a certain point you have to appreciate it to the where that's like you hear that and it's not just like repetitive you like yeah and it's like that it's different right and now like i've listened to this album for over a decade and every time i hear that song that part always i always hear that little hi-hat roll and i'm like like fuck man and then that's like it yeah i'm like all right like and he's like not to say that he's a bad drummer or anything but the rest of the song's like very simple from a technical standpoint as far as drumming goes but there's just like little flashes like that throughout the whole album from every instrument where it's just like there'll be a little cock tease of five seconds of just greatness from an instrument. And then it's just like they just go, ah, fuck it, move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which really says something about their songwriting, I feel like. Um, but they yeah. Keep it, I feel like they keep it classy. They don't yeah. go like, you know, be showing off or whatever. I like that you keep bringing up Omaha. It's <laughs> a good track. Because I keep listening to that and... Yeah, the the chorus sticks out to me for some reason. The first time I listened to it, I was thinking of uh, Peyton Manning. Omar! Yeah, Omar, Omar! Like, that's... I kept thinking about that. Um, but the way that he says it, like, it's... You know, it's, it does catch your attention. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning probably loves that song. Yeah, that's probably his favorite song. Like, <laughs> and there was a certain organ Aww. instrument that was used on this album. I, I was trying to look it up just now, and I could not find the name of it. But they brought in that special instrument to like make. Somebody bought that to you know make that sound. I forgot what it was, but damn, that's impressive. Well, fuck it. Let's dive into the top threes. I'll start off. Go ahead. Round here, my number one. Yes. Uh, number two, Perfect Blue Buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Time and Time Again, because that that chorus time and time again like it just mm-hmm. um, dude uh, it, for that era of music like it just it's it's an essence of that time and like you can just repeat that and feel that vibe that whole yeah. collective vibe of the early 90s era yeah and to speak on that just real quick that song in particular um 
fucking the bridge to that where it's like so when are you coming home sweet angel and it's like it just has this breakdown and then after he delivers that line he's just like wailing into the microphone like it's it's pretty neat i like that song a lot my like, honorable, honorable mention is gonna be anna begins yes i just yeah. I like that whole the whole lyrics are just great yes it's a great lyrical song that that segues into mine matt thank you yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah that's that's one of my favorites anna begins um just because of the lyrical content like it's like about love and it's mm-hmm. like denial of like you know someone wants love but the other person is like mm-hmm. in denial of it and it because we've all felt like that at one point Definitely. yeah so um anna begins um i want to say mr jones but i feel like it's played out mm-hmm. um but i like a murder of one yes um so Anna begins a murder of one, and then Rain King. Um, Rain King so, is something about Rain King. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know something about it, but it it hasn't rained a lot recently. But when it rains, I feel like <laughs> it'll be <laughs> different. <laughs> yes, but yeah, a lot of a uh, a lot of good tracks on here, man. They're all very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, consistency is key in this, mm-hmm. I feel like, because it really shows that they're very musically in tune like everybody right and for me uh number three is uh raining in baltimore that's a good one i like that yeah uh i was part of the uh mr ths pageant uh my senior year of high school and they did this whole like mom speech thing where you write a speech and you bring your mom on stage and you talk to her like you just deliver a whole speech to her and she loves this album. I almost tried to get her on for this, but I decided against it uh, because of what's fucking going on outside right now. She's upriver. But anyway, uh, and we both really, really like that song, and you got to pick a song to walk her up, and I used that uh, song for that. So it, nice. it, that'll always have like a special place in my heart, much like yeah. the rest oh, of this yeah. album. Uh, but number three, Raining in Baltimore. Uh Another quick thing on that, if you want to hear an even better version of that, uh, they have a, uh, a live album called Across the Wire. Uh, the live album, or the live version of that song off of Across the Wire is phenomenal. Okay. Uh, number two, Round Here. It just, we've we've kind of buried that one, uh, but yeah, that great track. And the number one, Time and Time Again. I mean, that was my one of my first forays into like editing like chopping down a track was making a ringtone out of that middle bridge when i was like 14 years old on my first ever smartphone just sitting there trying to get it finite but uh yeah time and time again round here raining in baltimore uh and that wraps up august and everything after by counting crows which was my pick for this week we are going to go ahead and dive into mats <laughs> why have the gods brought us together to this day They've brought us together to talk about some bitchin' albums. Uh, so, Matt, my dear friend. Wow, what did you what did you bring to the cast this week? Uh, 1993, KRS-One, Return of the Boom Bat. Title, take the title from the Bible, we can get there. Rip the title from off the front of the Bible, God don't live there. Too many inconsistencies, too many mysteries. Picture the Pope in the Vatican laughing and drinking and singing and kissing me. I stand with God, whether I'm paid or whether I'm crying broke. I like to ask these politicians, would Jesus vote? The way we view God is a freaking shame. Church is to blame. We trust God, but far from sane. We simply love the scripture. Same scripture that whips you, sooner the picture. Religion's getting richer. With that European version of Christ made into a picture, our society's getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Like liquor, we are God intoxicated. Not to the true God, but the one the government created. The same government telling people to vote. Ugh. That's a bitchin' album cover. It is. Let's show off another part of the inner album with Keras One just speaking into the mic. That's cool. Let's see. Uh, Let's see. 19, 1993, this is his first like studio soul album. Uh, he was doing some criminal minded stuff back in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. This is his first like release as a, a solo artist. Very lyrical, uh very introspective very cultural very uh social injustice very black and white like he just covers everything yeah and i think with keras one albums even after this he just he's very uh 
he speaks from the heart a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and he's always talking about what's going on in the world and with him. He's got his finger. He really does have his finger on the pulse in all of his albums. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a time capsule mm-hmm. for whatever year it was. And this album kind of, you know, it, it showcases what he brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks about his longevity in hip hop on this album yep. because he he's just like that. You know, he's you call that arrogant, call it whatever you want. He, but he, babe, he basically Babe Ruth the fuck out of it he sure. was like, because he talks about his longevity. And then it's like, yeah, KRS-One is... And I was I was waiting to bring this up. I almost did it in the intro, but I feel like he gets looked over a lot. You know, like yeah, he's got. Easily. I think a lot of people don't even know who they are unless they've heard a Sublime album. They're like, oh, I know, I know that KRS One. You know that song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like unless it's like Sound of the Police, which to be quite mm-hmm. honest, I didn't know he did that song until probably about like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I feel like he just gets looked over a lot, and I feel like he like easily. it's. He's honestly underrated, in my opinion, because he is such a unique talent mm-hmm. when it comes to anything like that. But. Well, he he's like if you talk if you want to talk about hip hop, like early '90s and then '90s hip hop, like he is one of I feel like the like founding like fathers. Yeah, him and Scott LaRock like had that yeah. had that combo in the late '80s. Like yeah, Scott got you know taken even out when he was doing know. Boogie Down Productions, yep. like mm-hmm. he was very big into hip hop and moving forward into like like you said that introspective and like very conscious rap. Mm-hmm. He got more like uh, outspoken and and less uh, R and B hip hop album and more like hey. I'm gonna, you know, speak and do speeches, and so people kind of like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. What is that about? And so I think this album kind of set that tone, like, hey, I can speak, but I can also do my game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's such a classic album because I feel like not only what he's rapping about, but also how it sounds. Because mm-hmm. the album cover and the title, "Return of the Boom Bap," mm-hmm. it is boom bap. Like mm-hmm. it is the beats are very hip hop oriented. Mm-hmm. You got um, DJ Premier. Got, yeah, you biggest, got DJ biggest, Premier. Biggest producers ever yeah. for hip hop. And like, this was one of his bigger like at the time because he had done a Gangstar, mm-hmm. uh, like two or that's three. Half, that's him. Half yeah. he's half a Gangstar. Yeah, yeah that's right. him. Yeah, that's him. Right after doing Gangstar, that mm-hmm. that was his bigger stuff that he was working on. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Kid Capri Kid, that he's yep. produ- producing yep. on it. A lot of the songs on this man, they're all classics. Mm-hmm. Like. The rapping, the beats, mm-hmm. like you still hear them. You'll hear them in freestyles. They come mm-hmm. up everywhere. Like this album is a classic. I yeah. think they used Sound of the Police in a, an animated film in the last five years. I don't remember, like Sing or some random. Yeah, movie. yeah, like something <laughs> like that. But yeah. And I mean, so the other like last week we were all talking. I remember, and Jacob, you brought up a, a point that, like, I didn't make the connection in my brain until you said it, but this has such like a reggae influence to it it does there's mm-hmm. a lot of songs that have that reggae vibe. and and it's mainly and and i don't mean like you know fucking steel drums and dreadlocks aspect of reggae it's his vocal it's delivery a, yep, exactly about yep. it like yep. and how he's rapping and delivering the lyrics it's like jesus christ this could have been like a ziggy marley you know mm-hmm. kind of delivery or whatever like the song uh-oh mm-hmm. yeah it has a lot of that reggae vibe yeah that's my honorable mention is, Me too. is uh-oh Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just <laughs> It's like very like Uh-oh. yeah, it's yeah. like kind of like Islander feel uh, like how that he's like kind of rapping that he yeah has that, he has that flow, Come that flow yeah yeah it's it's crazy man this album when I was listening to it because I've heard of KRS One and I've heard his albums and I hadn't heard of this whole album in a while and man dude so many bangers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so many good songs every song on this man it's insane he has a lot of references to a lot of hip hop. A lot of hip hop artists, um, mainly in one song. Yeah, mainly in one <laughs> song and throughout a lot. Um, what song? Out of here. Um, out of here. He shouts out so many. I feel like at one point he talks about group home. I don't yeah. know if that's a group home reference. It has to um, be. That DJ Premier also produced for. Mm-hmm. Um, also shouts out Public Enemy. Like all these, all these. Mm-hmm. Like he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he like it's such a fitting like album title that he's talking about return of the boom bap because he's like hey this is hip-hop i'm talking about hip-hop and everything that i'm gonna keep talking about will also be hip-hop so. it it's almost like a uh, an audiobook of the history of rap music at the time almost because yeah. of how much he shouts shit out and everything and 
I just want I I just got to talk about the intro to this album real quick. KRS One Attacks, fucking, that's like a second honorable mention for me. Just, yeah. just like we've been saying it for weeks. Like we will be here forever. Be here. Like that's a staple. Like that sets a tone for the whole album. Exactly. Like the the longevity that he's trying to propose is there. Like everybody knows that. Like you just said, we all know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's like any album that comes out, whether it's rap, R&B, funk, rap, like metal, you want to try to grab somebody with that first song. and I, Which is hard to do. Exactly. I put this on and I heard that we will be here forever and it just grabbed me by the dick and balls and I was just in for the ride. I was like, I'm not turning this off yeah. until, I, until I hear the whole thing because that's such a killer intro and then the beat kicks in and the guy he's fucking scratching and being like krs like yeah. just the oh i'm surprised i didn't put it i like i was having mental turmoil this morning trying to put that not in my top three i was like i don't want to put it i was like i don't want to because there's other good shit yeah there's a lot Damn. Of, there's a lot of good tracks on this album so many there are you know and it's a it's a well-rounded album it's a lyrical journey for sure and it's like what 54 minutes long mm-hmm but it is just jam-packed to the goddamn gills mm-hmm. with great songs, whether it's lyrically, production-wise. It's I think having that production with DJ Premier and Kendrick Capri in the background, like, without them, this album would have been totally different. Like, yeah. You know, they definitely helped this album, you know, mm-hmm. make it staple in the industry for sure at that time. Yeah. Especially. I was going to bring up, is there any features on this? Really? Not that I know of. No, huh? It's all just mainly it's him. All him. It's all him. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is is that's kind of you look back in that that era of R and B in the early '90s, like there wasn't a lot of you know collaborations. It was all that same band, whether it be De La Soul or yeah. Tribe. You know, they're all. You know, Tribe had Busta Rhymes, but he was kind of doing his own thing. He wasn't. Yeah, really he was Busta, part of. He wasn't Busta Rhymes yet. He was just yeah. like his own thing. So. And and even with like the they had like one or two songs with just Busta on it but the mm-hmm. biggest song that they did with him was Scenario and it had all of Leaders of the New School on it so it was mm-hmm. it was exactly the only collaboration you were seeing between rap artists back in those days were just fucking rap groups mm-hmm. like there wasn't features per se which is why it's just it, it blows your goddamn mind to listen to a project like this and be like this is just one motherfucker the whole time the thing, you know? <laughs> he's got the he's got the music and production part from DJ Premier and Kid Capri but like that's all his own lyrics and his own vibe, yeah, yeah. You know? I forget what song it is but there's a song in here that he talks about that rap groups how they're fa- they've faded away like rap groups have mm-hmm. faded yeah. away and it's I feel like that's on the all out of here I feel like I think so yeah, you know? yeah. it yeah. might be but yeah man a lot of a lot of the songs on this Mm, they're so good so classical um a lot of it too um i feel like it's dj premier he's really found his flow at this point as a producer yeah this um, is like a perfect example of yeah that. like mortal thought um you hear that that primo piano beat yeah like that's that's him perfecting the piano beat mm-hmm. yeah um, and that's something that's still used to this day by a mm-hmm. lot of producers mm-hmm. This was before everything I am off of graduation, which yeah. is like the the most iconic DJ Premier yeah. piano beat, and mm-hmm. he was like, you get like a an early taste of it, mm-hmm. it just how. That's and he's like, still he's still making fucking albums, yeah, dude. Still, like, just stop. He's out. Yeah, he's yeah, still percent. so. It's like it's so fucking dumb, dude. Like one of one of my favorite songs, um, definitely my top three. Um, the last song, Higher Level. Oh, my top top. That's my my favorite song because he knows what he's doing. He's like, take a second, just take a second. We at the we at the studio. Yeah, five in the morning. Like, yeah, just, just like, listen to the beat, yeah. and it's like a minute of just the beat. Yeah, because he knows how badass it is. Yes, because DJ Premier is just going off he's on just the beat, slaughtering. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs on that album. Yeah, it just it ends the album well, and you just hear him like in his fluid flow, and like you said, DJ Premier throwing the beat down there, and it just it's just a good collaboration of everything that album entails. And it, and like you said, Jake, he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing yeah. because because as we talked, like there's there's a lot of tracks on this for it only being like a 54, 55 minute album, and it is such it is just such like a boom boom every track just leading into each other, and then. You get to the end of it and you're like, when is this gonna end? This is like the longest fifty minutes of my life. like, like how can where can you go from here? And then he's like, take a second, take a second. I know y'all need it. Like, and it's like, yeah, because you just fucking 
it, you just blessed me for 50 yeah. minutes. Like, what? Like, can I, can I at least just, like, take a minute to settle down and figure out what the fuck is going yeah. on right now? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm walking around New York in 1993 right yeah. now. Like, and then he does. up everything. Yeah, he's like, I'm not at work right now. I'm in fucking the Bronx. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's one of the, I just love when, when artists do that. Like, they know exactly what they're doing. And he knew that he had written and just delivered just an incredible album. And then he's like, let's cap this off with, like, a little funny thing at the beginning. And then just also this mm-hmm. bitchin' song. Like, Talk about we've been saying this like all week um i can't wake up i'm dreaming <laughs> about being a blood dude oh fucking greatest hilarious dude my favorite fucking song on the album i'm not even lying so funny he's talking he's talking about like a blunt's perspective of yeah getting passed around with all these yeah. different artists getting passed around to all the yeah all the, the rappers to Cypress Hill like yeah and then to De La Soul and Red Man and then Bill Clinton yeah. Yeah. and Bill, Bill Clinton's Clinton. like I've, I'll smoke but I won't inhale <laughs> and it's like and they're chasing me with razor blades and they split mm-hmm. me open and all my tobacco all my, fell out yeah. and it's like all the guts it, fall out like it's like who fucking does this mm-hmm. He does so many shout-outs on that song, too. Greg yeah. Kuba of Cypress Hill. <laughs> right. Like, all these Redman's on there. Redman, Red yeah. All these crazy-ass fucking... And he's like... How do you think about that? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a make a song about me being a blunt. Yes. And being smoked by everybody. Like, what <laughs> the... F- I think that's where his long longevity comes into play. Like, he's going to mm-hmm. respect all these other artists that are out there and, like, include them in the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, show, hey... I'm I'm not the only one doing this. You guys are creating good music, yeah. and good artists out here. So. Like we're about to we're about to just pioneer a whole movement, right? And a whole genre is about to just become. Let me let me show your name out there. Let me throw it out there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, these are the I'm an artist that's about to try to pioneer this. You guys are also doing the mm-hmm. same thing. We're about to bust this janky ass '80s hip hop wide the fuck open and start a whole separate movement. Because that's like one of the things that got us all here on this fucking podcast yep. is our appreciation for fucking nineties hip hop because it's the best it shit. It is the best yeah. hip hop out there. Yeah. Like easily, yeah. like it's yeah. this it, is such a staple. It is. It, it is. Yeah, it, is. it made the way for hip hop. If this was not in hip hop, there wouldn't be hip hop. No, or there wouldn't be you know the, the lyricism that's socially conscious or like mm-hmm. you know like aware of what's going on in the outside world like Karen yes. someone kind of set that standard and said hey let's wrap out other things besides gangster warfare and like bitches let's let's talk about other things yeah like, what's going on in this world yeah let's talk about you know the poverty and like you know the like racism or whatever the or fuck. just in general yeah, yeah. Like black cop is a huge example of that the white black option there where the black cops being like the white cop in a sense you yeah know? and they're trying to relate to that yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool too because this yeah the longevity of this album is insane because not only did it sample a lot but it gets sampled so much mm-hmm. nowadays too um, Mad Crew that being sampled off of uh, that keep your head ringing that book 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 that that intro mm-hmm. blah, that shot that's that's sampled on that um, his KRS his voice we will be here forever that's sampled everywhere yes. um, by every DJ mm-hmm. um, a lot of the songs on this album, they will be, you know, ongoing forever, mm-hmm. literally. Um, and it's it's crazy that he was such a staple in history because mm-hmm. he made such a crazy impact with DJ Premier that this is really is a classic. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'll start off with my top three. Uh, number one, Higher Level. Mm-hmm. Just a great outro to that mm-hmm. album. Like, yeah. Just, you're just like, okay, if I... If I didn't like any of the songs on this album, I'm really gonna like this song. Yeah, because that's just it sets the bar. Uh, Out of here because that's you know the second track there. Uh, Black Cop because of the the lyricism and the comparison to what's going on in the world. Um, honorable mention is Uh Oh. Mm-hmm. The reggae vibes on that are just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we both have the same honorable mention, I'll go next. Honorable mention for me also Uh Oh. Uh, number three, Mortal Thought. Really like that. Number two, Slap Them Up. I just yeah the synth on that was just raw and the number one i can't wake up i have been literally just walking around my house saying i'm dreaming about being a blunt like that singing 
and like the way that he sings it because like i love when a rapper sings even though they have no business doing it because their voice isn't good he's in key for the he's in he's in key but just like he's being because it's such a in concept it's a goofy ass song Mm -hmm. but he knocks it out of the park so hard and he knows it and you can tell by that chorus like when he just screams i'm dreaming i'm like yeah. I'm like this is fucking electric. I'm like this is the coolest shit ever. Like you're a blunt getting smoked. Exactly. You can't wake up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that song is so that song is so funny and so playful. Um, and it's definitely one of my favorites. But if I'm listing it, um, definitely higher level. Um, because yeah, that beat on it is classic premiere with the little, you know, record scratches too. Mm-hmm. Um, higher level. Um. Mortal Thought, the mm-hmm. same thing, premier piano beats. Um, and you could really tell KRS one, he's a lyrical genius and how he's flowing. Because yes. he's switching back and forth his flows, and you mm-hmm. could tell it a lot in that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mad Crew. Yeah. Mad Crew. Mad um, Crew. Yeah, Mad. Yeah. Uh, I guess honorable mention um, KRS one attack. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's such a bang and intro to an album for mm-hmm. a hip-hop album that it's it will be here forever mm-hmm. yeah yep so fucking jesus matt great pick yeah matt you did it again <laughs> you did it again you gotta stop man we gotta keep <laughs> <off this show. laughs> i've got mariah carey coming in next week so <laughs> you guys are gonna be okay yeah just yeah, dunks on us week in and week out <laughs> i love it um uh, so that was Return of the Boom Bat by KRS-One, Matt's pick for this week. Uh, let's go ahead and show everybody what we're doing next week. Yes. Hello! It's time for the favorite part of the podcast from all of us. We're going to introduce what we're talking about next week. Uh, bangers this week, we talked about for sure. Uh, so, Yakov. I guess, I guess that means I go first, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, next week... I'm doing some reggae. Ooh. It's some dub. It's like reggae dub. Okay. Um, it's Aswad, um, a new chapter of dub. Um, it is, yeah, some, I want to say it's UK. Really? Great Britain. Yeah, it's one of the bigger groups out there at the time. This is some older stuff. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, some dub reggae. Hope you guys like it. Hell yeah. It's the first time we talk about reggae, so. It is. I'm excited. Down by the beach, boy. So, we literally just got done talking about one of the most influential hip-hop albums of all time. Uh, So, I'm going to travel forward in time only a year. And I'm going to bring up another one of the most influential albums of all time. uh, Ready to Die by the Notorious Uh, B.I.G. That's all the intro I need to give. So, fuck y'all. That changes my pick. <laughs> no, because, don't let it. No, just because I don't want to overshadow hip hop with another hip hop album because that's a great album. No, do a hip hop album, bro. I'll slap you. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going 1997 from Incubus Science. Yes. We're going to get a little more uh, heavy. Um, if you've listened to Incubus, this is an album that you will not think is Incubus. This is different, unlike anything you've ever heard. So. Nice. I'm excited. I'm ready for that. I've heard of that uh, band. I haven't heard of that, though. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, we, we do have we have a pick for... For Yorch. For hey. Yorch, yeah. For Yorch. For what, Yorch. What's, what's Homeboy bringing up next week? Uh, next week, Yorch, he was originally going to do uh, Black, Black Star, Rock. Or Black Rock, yeah. Black mm-hmm. Star. Black, and I listened <laughs> Two to completely album. different genres. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to it, too. It was, I like that album. It was yeah. Good, uh, it was next cool. week, he's going to pick uh, Herbie Hancock. Ooh! Empyrean uh, Island. Oh, this is a great Isles. week for music then. We Holy got a lot of different Christ. Wow. What's it? Empyrean Isles. Okay. Wow. I said Isles. <laughs> Empyrean Isles by Herbie Hancock. Okay. So, some, uh, some jazz. We are once again about to have a very diverse episode. Um, and, boys, I think next week I'm going to. I think after you know the end of next week's episode i might you know go back into my heavy shit you know kind of miss it kind of miss bringing up some of my heavy a little back a little like uh yeah <laughs> i was actually gonna do uh yeah the i was creed? gonna do you scott stab no i was gonna do silver side up by nickelback okay. uh no i'm kidding some creep. yeah but no uh we're we're back 
we're about to be on a hot streak, I feel like. The next couple episodes probably going to be fucking banging. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have another uh, have a, another piece of equipment to make us have two mics, a little better audio quality, which I'm fucking stoked for. Yes. Um, anywho, uh, shout out, George. We'll see you next week, pal. We've got Jacob and Matt and myself being Dorian. Uh, appreciate y'all for stopping by. We'll hit you up next week for episode 25 of What You Spinning.